Welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Today is Sunday, December 31st, day 86 to the war with Hamas. Amanda Borshel Dan here with our military reporter, Emmanuel Fabian. Hi, Manny, and Happy New Year. Hi, Amanda. Happy New Year. We are going to speak about several of Israel's seven fronts that our Defense Minister Yoav Gallant alluded to last week, including the West Bank, the North, and of course, Gaza. So all of this and more when we're back. Do you or your clients have a commercial collection matter that's going nowhere? The Sarachuk Law Firm specializes in the most challenging collection matters, whether it is a single matter or a portfolio of cases. They are based in New York with relationships around the world. Sarachuk's proprietary databases and tried and proven methods have earned them an unmatched reputation for success in getting their clients what they're owed. They work on a contingency fee basis, so they're only compensated when they succeed. The Sarachuk Law Team strongly supports Israel. You can reach the Sarachek team at www.sarachuklawfirm.com. That's S-A-R-A-C-H-E-K lawfirm.com or at 646-403-9775. The proceeding is an attorney advertisement and past results are no guarantee of future performance. Last week, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant said Israel is being attacked in seven separate theaters amid the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip, and the military has so far responded in six of them. So he said, we are in a multi-front war. We are being attacked from seven different arenas, naming them Gaza, Lebanon, Syria, the West Bank, Iraq, Yemen, and Iran. And that was said at a committee meeting of the Knesset Foreign Affairs and Defense Committee. So, Manny, let's start with the West Bank. And in the past week, we've seen several car ramming, stabbing attempts, and uh, fighting in several of the main population centers. So let's begin with the drone strike that was carried out today. Uh, this morning, um, there was a uh, an army raid in the Nur Shams refugee camp near Tulkarem. This is not the first one there even this week. There's been several raids in Tulkarem uh, and in the Nur Shams refugee camp. Uh, in recent days, the army is working to uh, dismantle uh, uh, this sort of terror infrastructure that's uh, growing there. There's local um, groups that are affiliated with Hamas and Islamic Jihad, and they've been uh, a threat to um, civilians passing on nearby roads, um, shooting at civilians. So the army has been entering regularly uh, to Nurshamps to um, uh, arrest uh, suspected members of this infrastructure, to uh, locate uh, weaponry, uh, including explosive devices that these um, uh, that these gunmen have actually planted under the roads in the in the refugee camp. And overnight, there was uh, this raid. There was a gun battle that erupted uh, between the soldiers and the and the Palestinian gunmen. Uh, and in one of the cases, a drone strike was carried out. Recently, we've seen a lot more drone strikes in the West Bank, especially in the in the sort of strongholds of Hamas and Islamic Jihad, Jenin, Nablus, and in Tulkarem as well, less so in other areas. But uh, we're seeing this um, these these raids becoming more more violent uh, um, and a lot more intensive. Um, the number of arrests in the West Bank just since October seventh is more than two and a half thousand, including thirteen hundred affiliated with Hamas, 
I believe more than 280 Palestinians, mostly uh, gunmen, have been killed since October 7th. These are numbers that are even higher than the 2002 Operation uh, Defensive Shield in the Northern West Bank, uh, just for some uh, comparison. In the Southern West Bank, there were a spate of car rammings. Tell us about what happened here. There were two car rammings uh, on Friday and on Saturday, uh, both in pretty much the same area, uh, just south of uh, Hebron in the Southern West Bank. In the first uh, attack on Friday, uh, a Palestinian driver rammed into a group of soldiers at a junction. Uh, One soldier was seriously wounded and the other four were uh, in light to moderate condition. And then on Saturday, there was uh, another attack right at the entrance of the Al-Fawar refugee camp, which is uh, really not far away from this other junction. Uh, And in that attack, one soldier was uh, seriously wounded and the assailant was also shot in that case. And these two attacks come um, not long after, on Thursday night, there was a stabbing attack at a checkpoint near Jerusalem in in southeast Jerusalem. Uh, So we're seeing a lot more attacks in the southern area of the West Bank, while intensive raids are being carried out more in the northern part of it. Uh, In that attack, uh, a 24-year-old from East Jerusalem stabbed two um, security guards, a police officer and a security guard, at the Masmoria checkpoint, seriously wounding Uh, one of the uh, officers uh, before he was uh, shot dead. So let's connect the dots a little bit. You said, of course, that there are many, many more arrests since October 7th. In terms of the car rammings and the attempted stabbings and things of this nature, is there also an elevation here? Just in the last few days, I would say, recently, at least since October 7th, the number of terror attacks being carried out in the West Bank uh, is a lot less than what Israel anticipated. Uh, the army says that at least because of its operations, because of its widespread arrest, it's actually preventing more and more attacks from being carried out because they know that there's a lot of support for Hamas and its actions on October 7th. And there was a fear that it would erupt in the West Bank as well and, and attacks would be carried out there. But uh, all things considered, there has been a lot uh, fewer attacks in the West Bank while the army carries out a lot more uh, activity and, and arrest raids uh, in, in the West Bank. Let's turn to the North, which represents two or even three fronts that Gallant alluded to. We heard reports that there was that there were strikes on the airport in Aleppo. So let's start with that. On uh, Saturday, there were strikes near Aleppo and in the Aleppo area, not specifically the airport itself. As far as uh, we understand, there were reports that the uh, Syrian air defenses were engaging in an Israeli airstrike over the Aleppo airport, but uh, it is being reported that uh, several warehouses near the airport were actually targeted, not the airport itself. And it is believed to be warehouses, uh, uh, you know, holding uh, weaponry that is to be delivered to Iranian uh, proxies in the Middle East, especially uh, Hezbollah. And this was just one of a series of strikes we saw in Syria over the weekend. Uh, late last week, there was a strike on the Syria-Iraq border. In that strike. At least four Hezbollah members were killed and possibly two other members of another uh, Iraqi-based militia group that is affiliated with Iran. Uh, There were strikes in the Damascus area as well, several airstrikes. And this also comes after the apparent uh, Iranian officer in charge of uh, coordinating weapons shipments from Iran to proxies in in the Syria and Lebanon area uh, was killed in an Israeli strike last week. So we've seen quite an uptick in in Israeli strikes in uh, Syria 
uh, in the Aleppo area and Damascus area and on the border with Iraq. And um, this also comes as, as Gallant mentioned, Iraq is one of the fronts. Uh, while there haven't been any direct reports of Israeli strikes in Iraq, it is possible because this is one of the fronts that uh, Gallant said that Israel had retaliated on. Uh, but it comes after um, two uh, attacks by uh, Iraqi uh, militias on on Israel directly from Iraq. The so-called Islamic Resistance of Iraq, it's a coalition of uh, various Iran-backed groups in, in Iraq. Uh, they claimed for launching a drone at uh, northern Israel um, last week. Um, this drone crashed in the Golan Heights area causing no injuries, but some damage to uh, structures in the area. The army initially um, thought it was actually launched from Syria. It's still not clear if it was launched from Syria or from Iraq. It's possible both because this group does operate also in Syria. Um, and uh, a week ago, the army announced that it had downed uh, a week prior on December 15th, uh, a drone over the sea near Lebanon. It didn't say it was launched from Lebanon, but it was downed near Lebanon, near the coast as it was approaching Israeli airspace. And then shortly after this announcement was published, the Iraqi group again claimed responsibility and said it, it had fired, uh, it had tried to target what is believed to be the Karish uh, gas rig off the Israeli coast. Um, so we're seeing now not just attacks by Hezbollah in, in Lebanon, but we're also seeing attacks by uh, militia groups in Syria and in Iraq. And this, these are just three of these uh, fronts that Israel is being attacked on uh, during this uh, during this war. We'll get to a short break and continue our tour. Shalom, dear listeners. This is Daniil Hartman. And I'm Yossi Klein Halevi. Together we host the podcast For Heaven's Sake from the Shalom Hartman Institute. These have been some of the most challenging days for me personally, for Israel, and for the Jewish people. And one of the ways in which I've gotten through this is that I found solace and meaning through discussions with my dear friend and study partner, Daniil Hartman. And I hope that the Times of Israel listeners will join us as we continue to tackle the pressing questions facing the Jewish people here at For Heaven's Sake, which has become the number one Judaism podcast. Well, Daniil, I'd also like to recommend the Identity Crisis podcast hosted by our colleague and friend Yehuda Kurtzer. It's a series of fantastic conversations with leading figures in Jewish life, thought, and culture. You know, for decades, the Hartman Institute has been a preeminent destination for Jewish ideas and learning. Now you can access Hartman Ideas on these chart-topping podcasts at shalomhartman.org forward slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll privilege to help guide you through these challenging and even unsettling times. And we're back. So we mentioned Lebanon briefly, but let's discuss in more detail the escalation that's happening there. The the escalation is also really tied to the other strikes that Israel's been carrying out in in Syria and, and other wide other areas uh, in the region, but specifically in in Lebanon, the army has been ramping up its strikes uh, against Hezbollah sites close to the border. So the army is saying that. Um, Hezbollah's deployment in southern Lebanon along Israel's border, obviously in complete violation of the UN uh, Security Council 1701, um, but this deployment that it had, all of its observation posts, all of its bases, all of its positions that it had along the border, 
have been essentially destroyed as the army works to push Hezbollah back. And there has been some sort of identification of movement of Hezbollah moving further back, but it is, it is still carrying out uh, attacks on northern Israel. Um, but the army is saying that the the uh, deployment of Hezbollah along the border is no longer the same as it was before October 7th. Um, at, just for an example, on, on Saturday, there were widespread strikes in uh, Kafarkila, which is a uh, Lebanese village on the border. The army said that is that it, the village is a Hezbollah stronghold where it has many sites, it has infrastructure, it has uh, rocket launch positions, um, and the army carried out two large waves of airstrikes uh, in this village to um, eliminate all of Hezbollah's positions there. Um, there were other strikes in other areas along the border. There were three uh, cells that had launched or were planning to launch missiles on northern Israel uh, on Saturday that were targeted. Um, really quite a quite a lot of um, Israeli strikes on Hezbollah during the weekend. Uh, and Hezbollah as well continued to launch rockets, missiles, drones in northern Israel. Uh, there was an incident where a anti-tank missile very narrowly missed uh, an Israeli who was in his vehicle, uh, not even close to the border, um, quite quite a distance from the border, but was still, um, he was very lightly injured by the blast, which very, very narrowly missed his vehicle. There were explosive lasm drones that slammed into the Mount Dov region where there are Israeli army positions. So a very heated weekend uh, on the northern border. Which, of course, supports why the Kiryat Shmona mayor definitely proclaimed today that his people are not moving back anytime soon. Okay, so let's also talk about Iran. Is Iran one of the frontiers where Israel has hit? I believe so. Uh, Galant named, as we mentioned, Gaza, Lebanon, Syria, the West Bank, Iraq, Yemen, and Iran. Um, Yemen, as we know, have been targeting uh, Israeli-linked vessels in the Red Sea, launching missiles and drones at Israel uh, from from Yemen. The uh, the Houthis, the Iran-backed Houthis, have been doing that, but Israel has not responded in Yemen, as far as we know. Uh, there have been really no reports of of any strikes against Houthi assets or against them directly, apart from the U.S., which has been carrying out operations in the area and has admitted to them. It's not that we don't know who who these um, strikes are being carried out by. Um, when it comes to Iran, I believe that is one of the six that Israel has responded to. We saw a week ago there was a cyber attack in Iran that disrupted the the gas stations in the country. The fuel management system uh, was uh, hacked, uh, and it was claimed by a group that has previously been linked to Israel. There may be other other actions that Israel has carried out directly against Iran. We don't know, um, or they have not been published yet. Just for one example, I think that that cyber attack might be what Gallant was alluding to when he said that Israel had responded to six of the of the seven fronts. Okay, and so finally, let's turn to Gaza. What is happening on the ground there today? Uh, in Gaza, we're seeing the ground operations still expand. We're seeing uh, a lot more action in southern and central Gaza. The north of Gaza is, is pretty much uh, completed. There's only one Hamas battalion left there. Um, we've spoken about this before, but the, the army is still battling that last battalion. Uh, in central Gaza, there has been advancements on um, the Burej area, which is just south of Gaza City. And then in the south, we're seeing uh, very heavy Israeli airstrikes 
uh, on the Khan Yunus area, which will enable Israeli troops to push forward um, further into Khan Yunus. Um, the army is is dealing with Hamas infrastructure there, Hamas tunnels in the area, uh, locating weapons. Um, that's deep in Khan Yunus. And then there's also um, operations um, in areas closer to the Israeli border in uh, Huza, which is um, just across from near Oz. The army launched a, a large operation on that uh, on that area of southern Gaza, uh, as it was the um, the area from which Hamas launched its attack on near Oz on October 7th, um, killing and capturing dozens of um, of people who were there. Um, and that is that is basically the main the main operations now where there isn't any ground operations yet is uh, really only the Rafah area on the Egyptian uh, Egyptian Gaza border. Um, essentially, that is the last area where the IDF has not yet operated on the ground. As we're spreading out throughout Gaza, are more regular troops being deployed inside, even as reservists apparently are being let go? It is an interesting um, situation. Most of the troops in Gaza are actually stand- from the standing army. Uh, we've seen that the paratroopers were given a short break and have now returned now to southern Gaza. They were previously in the north. Uh, the Kfir Brigade, which is another standing army uh, brigade, is also in southern Gaza. Reservists, there are some reservists who have been released from from duty, but um, I will turn to the West Bank. In the West Bank, there isn't a single standing army uh, brigade right now. It's all reservists in the West Bank, uh, along with border police, but that's a different situation. And in the the North as well, um, most of the troops in the North are reservists. So in Gaza, the reservists might be being released so that they can return to their lives, to study, to their work. But there are other other reservists still in the West Bank, still in the north, and things may still change. There might be, um, they might rotate reservists in and out. If the Gaza war expands even further, they may need more reservists to go to Gaza. If a war in the north erupts, they may rotate the standing army troops to the north and have reserves then in Gaza instead. These are things which are a little bit in the unknown, but right now there are some reserves who are being released. Many, thank you for giving us such a great guided tour of the seven fronts that Israel is fighting, or at least six that Israel is fighting right now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Please check out another installment tomorrow. This episode was produced by The Podwaves. If you have any questions or comments about this or other episodes, please drop us an email at podcast at timesofisrael.com. Until tomorrow, shalom. <laughs>